Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to jude3project.org and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. Hello and welcome to the Jew 3 Project's new series, From People to Person, sponsored by the Matthew 5-9 Fellowship. My name is Brandon Cleaver, and I serve as a Matthew 5-9 Outreach Manager. We're a group of pastors and Christian leaders shepherding our communities to live out the gospel and place our identities in Christ above partisanship and societal divisions. We support both pastors and Christian leaders with resources and training to grapple with the harmful divisions in the U.S. in hopes of building a future in which all human beings are treated as image bearers of God, regardless of earthly divisions. With the unfortunate and pervasive co-opting of our Christian identity for political gain, it's up to us to lead with integrity so that others know what it means to be Christian. Oftentimes that entails conversations just like these where we don't necessarily endorse everything that's espoused, but we do endorse the idea of listening to those whom we may disagree with. And this is what healthy conversation and deep and deep relationships are about too, creating space to be Christian when it counts. From People to Person is a series of conversations that seeks to cherish the individual. We understand that all religious groups have a core set of beliefs, but moving from people to person means that we're moving from these broad generalizations to specific engagements. Just as individuals in Christianity express their faith differently, nuances also exist within other religious groups. The Jew 3 Project has produced an abundance of informative interviews, series on various topics, blogs, and other resources that explicitly address the current issues and intellectual struggles of Christians of African descent. The goal in this series, From People to Person, is not to give immediate answers, but to cultivate genuine understanding. In this three-part series, Lisa will sit down with guests from various faith backgrounds to listen to their faith journeys. Both the Jew 3 Project and Matthew 5-9 Fellowship hopes that these conversations encourage not only civility, but lasting change. Well, this is another episode of From People to Person. I'm so excited to be joined by Sustar all the way from L.A., Hello. Um, hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This for... is so exciting. It's such an honor. <laughs> thank you for joining me. I'm, I'm so excited that you accepted the invitation. And um, th this is your first time in Florida, right? Yes. My first time in Florida. I hear so many great things about Florida, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> the weather is okay so far. So yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's not like, it, it rains a lot here, so it's not like LA, it doesn't rain a ton. Mm -hmm. It actually rained this morning, Oh, but that's... not for long, so yeah. it was okay. I, I get that from the song, It Never Rains in Southern California. Mm, <laughs> we have our, our moments, our like one month of, of rain. Well, tell our audience just a little bit about who you who you are. I am Sistar Outspoken. I've been a poet for about um, 16, 17 years now. 
I got into the battle rap world and became the third female battle rapper representing the West Coast and the first woman um, battle rap league owner on the West Coast. And I just published my first book this year. Awesome. So I'm a fresh author and a massage therapist. I'm in the health and wellness and yoga. So that's who I am. That's awesome. And so we're, we're going to talk about kind of your spiritual journey um, today. Um, you identify more as spiritual than religious. When you, when you think about being spiritual, what does that mean to you? What I learned about um, spirituality and taking my path with that, which is why I even um, ended up in an African spiritual system, we're taught more to, you know how with the Bible, you, this, it's different stories, you know, when you look at those parables to learn from those stories, where we're taught how to make our own parables. That's the main difference with spirituality and religion. You're not within certain margins, but you are within certain principles. And you learn to operate as your godly self and to look at things as messages as you walk down the street and you receive and you self-evaluate and you learn to move as nature does. And you learn the principles of nature because nature flows as a representation of the physical source. Like God is nature. In Kemet, they call God, um, well, what you would consider to be God, um, Unta. And then later it was called Netter, which was where the word nature came from, which is, it was just means all things. And that is the life force energy that lives in all things. So to be spiritual, we learn how to operate as spirit does, how to operate how life force energy does, and to respect that divine order and that divine process of things. And just for like a basic example, like nature minds its business, you know? <laughs> it doesn't, it's not hostile and doesn't attack anything unless it's, it has to survive or it is attacked. Move as nature does. And that's moving as your godly self, you know? So that's just basic stuff like that, mm -hmm. spirituality. Have you always uh, been more spiritual than religious or what? How did I you was grow up? born as a Christian. Okay. A hardcore Christian. My whole family worked in a church. Oh. I, the first church I, I was in, shout out to Grand AME Long Beach. And my, my grandparents went to that church. My parents went to that church. I was in the um, I was in the, the choir, singing my little heart out. <laughs> I was an usher. I, when we moved to Carson and I was um, I was a stewardess. So I was very active in the church. Mm -hmm. And that, that was my, that's what I knew. Um, that changed over the years because um, of the questions that I had and questions. It was actually various reasons. First, it first started with the questions I had that couldn't be answered, you know, and it was the basic stuff. You know, why does it, why do these pictures look like this? But it's, but the Messiah is, is described like this in the Bible. Like, where's his hair with wool? Where's that olive skin? I don't see that in these pictures. Like, why are you showing us this? Mm -hmm. You know? And then his name. Like, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Because the letter J didn't even exist yet when Jesus supposedly was living. So I'm asking these questions, and I'm not getting answers. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting appropriate answers. And then doing the research on my own, I was giving, I was finding negative um, information, which maybe it wouldn't have been the 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 highlight of my information if people can answer these questions. Mm -hmm. Because I'm looking for Jesus' name 
in the first documented in history of, of Jesus's name, the word, the name Jesus was a slave ship that's still in a, a museum in Lebec. And it's like, okay, how do I find this person? How do I get closer to this that I've been given since the beginning of time, you know? So they're not answering these questions. How did they respond when you asked the questions? Kind of turn the question into something else, you know, take it to another direction. Even when I'm asking, um, we even talked about it in the battle, well, I talked about it in the battle with Strehams, um, Genesis 126. Um, we, like he said, let us make God, make man in our image. So I wanted to know who is us? Mm -hmm. Who is our? Like, is it more? Mm -hmm. Like, it, that's specific, uh -huh. you know? And I'm not being taught that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm being taught to look at African spiritual systems as evil. Mm -hmm. I'm being taught that having multiple, that multiple gods or entities is evil and should be looked at as um, false gods and false prophets. But I'm looking at the Bible and I'm saying, there's an us and an hour here though. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. But even growing up, I still thought that African spirituality was evil. Mm -hmm. like I, I, I had no understanding of it or interest in it at all. Mm -hmm. What happened was um, I started to transition from the church because I had an experience one day. I was, um, you know, you do the altar call. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going through some things and it was week to week. I was going up there and I was crying and I was praying. And the preacher said, if you come up here every week and you're still crying, you're not doing what you're supposed to do in the rest of the week. Right. And I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he did not just judge me like that without asking me what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was, you don't know what I was going through at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like I need to be a part of something where I don't feel judged, but that I can develop and I can grow and we can move as a village. It takes a village to raise a child. And I was told I didn't even know that I was an African proverb. Like that's something that just I guess passed on through black people. We say that. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know where you get stuff from. So when I first left the church, I was, you know, trying to find myself and trying to figure out how I can still be close to what I knew God to be um, outside of going every Sunday. and just Because I was a girl in high school, I used to have my Bible in my backpack. Oh, wow. Even though I wasn't like what you consider like a good or goody two-shoes girl, but that was my foundation. And even though I was in the midst of a lot of, a lot of things I'm not, maybe not so proud of now, but it got me through. It got me through. And that's why even now I don't disrespect Christianity in a sense, because I know it works. And I know truth still lives there, but I found something that worked better for me. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so um, in my first uh, part of my transition, I didn't really know what path I wanted to take as far as how do I continue this relationship. And I didn't even know what it meant to be spiritual. First, I, um, I went to massage school. And they taught us about energy. They taught us about the body. And when you take anatomy and physiology class, you know there is a creator. Like this is a beautiful, intricate design. How everything is connected, just like how nature is down to every molecule. It is perfectly 
integrating everything connects to everything. Mm-hmm. But a human body is the same way. And I'm like, this is amazing, right? But we learned. I learned about meditation and how that affects the brain. And I'm like, okay, Jesus used to meditate, so maybe I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm doing something right. <laughs> We're getting somewhere. And I understood how that helped me operate as my best self. How that helped me be of clarity, of understanding, of just dealing with my insides and my understanding of myself and how I can directly um, connect with source. Without going through the next person or feeding, you need to feed me these lines or do this or that. This is my relationship. This is my understanding. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I would still go visit sometimes, you know, with my family because mm-hmm. my family was still involved in the church. So I would go um, support things that they did. And I still had people at the church that supported me because I was still a poet. I was still doing stuff in the community and I had those relationships. But what happened was um, my boyfriend was killed. Mm, and during my grieving process, um, I ended up fasting by accident and um, I ended up losing everything because I couldn't work. And I was living with a friend of mine. Oh my God, I'm about to cry. Don't cry. Hold it down. And uh, I was living with a friend. I was a vegan chef. So I ended up fasting and then um, going vegan and becoming a lighter, clearer version of myself. It was the strongest that I've ever felt in the weakest moments of my life. But it was the, the opening of me having spiritual experiences. I, was, I started to experience things that I couldn't talk about. I was seeing things. I was hearing things. I was having what um, in the spiritual communities are called visitation dreams, where the deceased come and they talk to you. Or I was seeing things, I was getting messages of people being ill or going to be deceased. And I, at first I just thought I was tripping or I was like, you know, oh my God, I'm tripping out. I'm a little crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on. But then that person would be ill or somebody would die. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have helped them. Mm-hmm. So this is for real. And then when my boyfriend would visit me and he would tell me certain things, it would happen. So I'm like, okay, I'm really experiencing this. Like I'm experiencing the spiritual realm. So I went back to church and I'm having conversations with people, like trying to understand my experiences. And I'm not going to just, now that I'm I'm more experienced with my spiritual walk and coming across different people and different um the nominations or whatever. Now I understand that it's not, it wasn't just Christians and Christianity. It's people who are not, because um, you can be spiritual and be Christian. You can be spiritual and be a Muslim. It's about tapping into your spiritual self and, and connecting with the spiritual realm. But when people are not experiencing certain things, they cannot talk to you. They cannot relate with you. It's mumbo jumbo. You're crazy. And I, I felt a rejection in that way. And I was already experiencing that with my friends, you know? So I was dealing with things that I couldn't talk about. Mm. So you went to the church when you started having experiences. What what was the response of people at church? I, I mean, some people would tell me some stories in the Bible, but then kind of brush it off and say, but only 
certain people can experience those things. Like you're just having dreams or like you're just, um, you're grieving. So you're going through something like just kind of like brushing it off, you know? And just like, like it was almost like a, who do you think you are trying to act like you go? <laughs> like, what do you think you like prophetic or something? Like, <laughs> you got no you're powers. Like, I'm, not even, I'm not even, I'm just trying to make sense of it. Yeah, it's like, I'm not trying to be special. Like, it's, it's just, what's up? Like, what's uh-huh. going on? Like, you talk to me. But it was like a mm, kind of energy from the people that I even felt comfortable enough to even talk to about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So what happened was, um, uh, one of my friends is a Black Panther. He invited me to a wellness event at Karaz Unity Center for African Spiritual Science. And um, so I went. And um, no, actually, I missed it. I actually missed it. But I looked the place up and I was like, this looks different. Like, you know, it looks pretty kind of cool. And something inside of me was just like, just go. Just go. And mind you, I didn't think anything... When I thought of Egypt, I didn't know anything about Kemet. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that was. I knew what Egypt was. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had uh, found out about some deities. I didn't even know they were called Unturus. I'm calling them gods and deities. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, I'm going to check it out. The first day I went, it was um, a part of Women's Month. Mm-hmm. So the women were speaking. And it was a woman who, her background, she had a, a degree in psychology and um, the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And it was another woman that spoke and she taught the Madu. That's the, the language of the people of Kemet or what we know as Egypt. Mm-hmm. And she um, had different organizations working between here and Africa. And when she spoke and how she walked and, and her whole essence it was so strong and so powerful, but so graceful. Mm-hmm. And her every word vibrated and I felt it like a bass in a car, but it wasn't deep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be of that. Like, how can I f- make people feel like that? Mm-hmm. Just talking. Mm-hmm. And the other lady, when she was speaking, she normalized my experiences. Mm-hmm. So you found answers in that space that the church wasn't giving you. Yes. They were teaching about our ancestry and how how you speak to um, to spirits and how you communicate with the spiritual realm and how people today are living in America. They're being diagnosed as schizophrenic or other types of diagnosis when if we were in our original state, as our ancestors was, as soon as they start showing certain signs, they will be taken under the wing of either the Babalao or the shamans or whoever, people who that's what they do. So they can learn with their sensitivities and learn how to control it and how what's happening. So she really like explained that. And then I joined their, they actually had a dream class that was taught by um, Nomad Winterhawk, rest in peace. And he was a, a Native American, African, and he taught the, the difference, well, he, t- he taught the lineage between Africans and Native Americans, and then how their the culture is very similar, the same, because it was migrated Africans that created the Native Americans, and then their spiritual understandings. And he helped me um, dissect my dreams, 
understand my dreams. And to this day, I still help people based on what he taught me and just help them with their spiritual messages that they get in their dreams. Because that's one of our many gifts as humans. Like, like in some scientists that don't believe in spirit or don't believe in having a soul or things of that nature, they look at this and just your imagination just running wild. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your subconscious just flowing. But no, that's not the case. This is one of our many under our many opportunities to receive messages from source. So right off the bat, I'm like, I'm at home. I'm, 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 uh, I feel normal here. We're having conversations and all of this stuff is normal. Like this is what, this is life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're multidimensional creatures. When we die, we don't die. Energy just transfers. Just like with a plant. Like, you know, like we're, I'm really, I'm learning about spirit. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about the universe and the, the principles, the seven principles of my eye. They teach you truth, justice, um, propriety, harmony, balance, um, reciprocity, and order. The three that has always stood out to me and I think about on a regular basis and how I live my life is truth, um, reciprocity, and balance. And truth, the way um, they teach us truth is operating closest to source. Anything that you're, anything operating closest to source is operating closest to truth. And that's with anything. If you had your truth, right, or you're going to tell me something, and in that moment, your source. So as it, as it begins to go from person to person to person to person, it goes farthest away from source. So it's farthest away from what? The truth. So it's no offense to Christianity, but... In my process of making my decision and learning that, even that principle of truth and something going far from its truth, um, I came across a study from the Center of Christian Global Studies. And in the United States alone, it was 200 um, versions of Christianity. And there are 45,000 in the world. So I'm like, okay, 45,001. In a common sense type of factor and where I was at right there in my life, it was kind of made an easy decision for me. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, to this day, I will never say that Christianity does not have truth and will not get somebody to where they need to be in life. But if I can get something at its purest state and it's helping me, and then I'm I'm around people that are normalizing my spiritual experiences. This is for me. Well, I appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Uh, You didn't have to. And I appreciate you traveling all this way to share and be open so people could get a better understanding. Um, Because I think when we hear somebody who does African spirituality or comedicism or uh, the whole, there's a spectrum. And I think that's what you're helping our audience to see and your journey, I think how you got there, I think also is helpful because, you know, you went to your leaders at your church to try to get answers and they weren't providing you with the answers you needed. And so you found uh, another space that would give you the answer. 
And I think sometimes people think, oh, people just walk away from Christianity um, just because they don't want to be a part. But you were saying you were trying to to be a part and you just weren't getting the answers that that you needed. So I I thank you for sharing that because I think that's important for our audience to know. Thank you all for watching another episode of People to Person. Uh, I think this was a rich um, conversation. And I want you to have these conversations with people. When you encounter someone that believes differently than you, hear them out, hear their story. Don't just try to throw on them all the information you have. Uh, We wanna have more conversations, less debates. We don't wanna talk about people, but we wanna talk to them. So I hope this models something for you that you could do. Um, Grace and peace and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching Jude3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jude3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jude3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.